Babe. Yeah. Would you say this is a deluxe podcast? Yeah, I would say so. Are we a gourmet listening experience? Oh, yes. Uh, just like all the other great podcasts, we now have a sponsor. <gasps> Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Taction USA. Go to www.tactionusa.com. That's T A C T I O N U S A.com for all your forensic supplies. Yes. Uh, give us a rundown of Taction and some of their products. Okay. Well, first off, Taction is owned and operated by active law enforcement, so they know what they're doing. And they provide some forensic supplies, um, some with evidence collection, some tools for processing crime scenes, and I'd say it's probably the best of any product I've ever used. It's made very, very well with a lot of thought. High quality stuff. High quality at a low price. And I've used some of their products myself, even on scenes. Uh, you're our resident evidence expert. <laughs> Is rain good for evidence? No, not at all. <laughs> Probably not. And it's definitely not good for an old-fashioned plain paper crime scene log. No. It'll be ruined. So that's why you got to go to Taction USA and get a book of their crime scene logs. That's 50 waterproof pages with all the information you need to keep good records of who's coming and going from your scenes. Good. And I can tell you from experience, when they say waterproof, they mean it. So, see, I'm standing at a, a stabbing scene, right? Mm-hmm. And we're waiting on the detectives to come do all the grown-up work for us. <laughs> and it starts raining. So I'm soaked. The scene's soaked. Evidence is probably all right. But my crime scene log was resilient. Good. It's perfectly dry, legible, the ink's not smearing. You can get yours from Taction USA. All of their products are available on Amazon. Nice and easy shipping and everything. Fast, too. Very yes. fast. Yeah, comes quick. So now, speaking of crime scene logs, please sign in and join us for today's story. Welcome to Crossing the Tape, a true crime podcast with your hosts, Hillary and Brendan. Last time, we had a heist episode and this it was the first part so welcome to the second part the stunning conclusion yes so to give you a little rundown of what we talked about before um, this was the Dunbar armored facility robbery done in 1997 Los Angeles yes by Alan Pace the third and his five friends and Alan Pace the third was the security manager at the facility and he had the ins and outs and knowledge of the place. And when we left off, he had just gotten fired for being a bit too funny at work. <laughs> Never get too funny. <laughs> too funny. Don't be too funny. Don't get strange and don't get funny. He was a bit strange. He's a bit funny. And they didn't like it. So he was fired and they decided to execute their well-planned heist sooner than expected. And that is where we left off. Yes. So... I mentioned in episode one that these fellows are going to make off with a literal truckload of cash. Right. What kind of truck do you think they use? Hmm. Well, I know. It was a U-Haul. <laughs> I don't think I know. <laughs> Remember? I was pausing because I thought it was a trick question. It's a U-Haul. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't understand the cue. It was a U-Haul, people. Yes. A actual U-Haul truck. So they got to rent one of these bad boys. Or a good boy, I guess. U-Haul does a good job. Uh, so friend Eugene Hill, mm-hmm. one of the Pace 6, goes, rents the U-Haul box truck type, and they get together. First, they got to establish their alibis, which it's perfect that this happened on a Friday night because there's always a party somewhere on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. So the boys, uh, I don't think they drove the U-Haul, but they all mobbed together and drove to Long Beach to attend a house party and hung out there for a couple hours. Didn't drink. No mm-hmm. booze because everybody needs a clear head because they're about to get into some real business. So they make sure people see them there for a while just in case they're is ever a question of their whereabouts mm-hmm. well they were at this yeah. party i was at that party ask 25 people that were there right <clears throat> so they make sure they're seen and then they leave the party after a bit go don their ski masks and all black attire mm-hmm. and they make their way in the u-haul to the facility taking advantage of the blind spot that pace created right when he told the guy hey man you should put you should aim that camera at your truck instead of where me and my criminal friends are going to enter the building Mm -hmm. or something like that so they use alan pace the third's keys to get into the lot into the front door now the tricky part this is uh what was the oceans is it the second one it was oceans 12 that the, had yeah. the lasers. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who does the, the capoeira. See? Now we're going to have to watch all these again. I know. <laughs> the, now the, I'm uh, in a heist movie mood. The French guy. What was his nickname? The muskrat or something? Oh, man. I don't remember. <laughs> Either way. It's kind of like that, but the low-rent version of it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have acrobatic skills. No, they weren't that slick. They uh, knew that the cameras in the hallways, they panned back and forth. That style. So they just move one side to the other, slowly. One by one, correct? Uh, I think so, yeah. In, and in different parts, different hallways. Right. So they know, Pace has already timed it out. He knows they've got a brief window as the camera moves from one side to the other to run past, you know, to the next hiding spot and totally not be seen by the camera. So one by one... They make their move while the camera's facing away, get where they need to go before it turns back. And they move past each camera, waiting for each man to catch up. So there's all six of them moving in this weird little leapfrog train <laughs> past the cameras until they get to the cafeteria. Because hmm. the next step is to take care of the guards. Right. And Pace knows the Grave Shift boys... They like to take their lunch breaks around half past midnight. So they wait in the cafeteria, and one by one, as each guard enters to have a lovely midnight snack, they get jumped by these guys mm-hmm. at the gunpoint, taken down, subdued. Not hurt, at least. Right. <clears throat> and bound with duct tape. Hmm. So they're restrained, can't raise the alarm, didn't need to shoot anybody. No shots fired this whole time. That's the thing, though. As somebody who knows evidence, did they... They didn't remove the duct tape from those guards. Because duct tape you can get really good prints off of. They 
when this was investigated, and we'll get more into what was found at the scene later. Okay. They found no fingerprints. Okay. So they, so they were must all, have gloves. Yeah, they were all, I think, yeah. gloved up. I mean, it, it's a slight chance, a slim chance, but I guess when they're so well planned. Right. They they thought far enough ahead. Right. To have the masks, the that's, radios. That's something people don't think about, and you can actually get pretty good prints mm-hmm. if yeah. you do it well. These guys, they're ski masks, all black, gloves, guns, radios, moving like a some backwoods military operation. <laughs> <laughs> this makeshift covert team. But they wait for the guards, and as they come in, take that guy down, subdue him, mm-hmm. make sure he doesn't make a sound. Next guy's coming in, just wanted to eat his microwave mac and cheese. He gets nabbed until they've got each of the guards bound and leave him in the cafeteria. So from there, they make their way to the guard station so they can control the doors to the sally ports, or the garages, if you will. Yeah. They open up the garage, bring in their U-Haul, which I'm sure stuck out like a sore thumb amongst the big armored vehicles. Well, yeah. But no one's there to see. <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody's already nabbed, except for the people tending to the vault. True. So they've successfully been off camera everywhere, and now they've taken out the guards but, who would be monitoring those cameras. Yes. They've got the U-Haul in. It's ready to be loaded up. And they head into the vault, which there is a camera in the vault that they knew they just weren't going to be able to dodge. Mm-hmm. So they'll have to deal with that later. Right. Uh, hold on, I've lost my place. <clears throat> Sir? Okay, hmm? they're in the sally port. Yes. They're in the sally port, and they head to the vault. And like I said before, it's a Friday night, so not only are there parties, but there's also more money than there's usual. There's lots of cash. Yeah, because it's Los <clears throat> Angeles, there's lots of shopping on the weekends. So they have extra money... On the, on the weekends for those stores that need extra cash. Right. There's going to be an influx in people needing change for 100 So mm-hmm. they've got quite a bit extra. And that's just luck of the draw because they right. decided to fire him on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. So the best time for him to pull the heist would be a Friday evening right. into Saturday morning before all that money goes out. So that was their mistake. They should have got him on a Monday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they there's I believe five guards <clears throat> inside the vault or employees there mm-hmm. and they're separating the cash to go out in distribution so it's all going in different bags each bag is numbered and there's a camera in the vault that they haven't been able to you know handle that yet but they will um, so they rush into the vault mm-hmm. take down all like I believe it was five Five. employees at once before anyone can hit the alarm or make a peep. So once again, bound them all with duct tape. Mm -hmm. Nobody's shot. Nobody's hurt. Right. I mean, I'm sure psychological damage being kidnapped by gunmen. But they didn't... They didn't physically hurt anybody. And they, importantly, didn't leave any evidence by, you know, pistol whipping someone. Yeah. we're looking for a particular type of right. gun that leaves this kind of imprint they on a human head. They didn't have any no shots fired for... Right. So there's no so casings, there's no, there's no gunshot yeah. residue. So they're able to do this thing pretty clean, and the vault is already open because the workers are in right. there. So they don't even need to strap C4 to the door and blow it <laughs> off. 
they just walk in. And because his preparation and his knowledge of what kind of cash and what kind of businesses they deal with, he's already got it memorized that bags numbered like this, those are the small denomination bills right. that are going to go to, you know, the minor stores. Right. So he wants the big cash. Yes. He wants the big money that's going to like the high-end shops or the mm -hmm. banks. But importantly, they don't want the new sequential bills that are going to go to the ATM machines. Right. So he knows not to grab the small bills, not to grab the ATM money, just the big bills that are going to be in these particular bags. So they grab all these bags, throw them all in the back of the U-Haul, and they don't want to take any chances with that camera in the vault, even though they're all masked. They want to make sure nobody saw what exactly they did. Mm -hmm. Well, he knows where the security camera recording device is. The brain ah. goes, takes the VCR, because 1997. Right. Takes the whole thing, not just the tapes, but takes the yeah. whole That's machine. That's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't commit that crime, but if <laughs> in that instance, I would take that whole thing. <laughs> it's on my notes. I, you know, <laughs> no, I have no notes. I have no notes. But that's something I would do because I won't. I wouldn't want to mess with it. I would just take yeah. the whole thing. Well, yeah, and you can't. It's too time consuming to right. go through and rip down every camera. Just, as you just, go. just take the whole just thing. Just take the whole computer. I think you wouldn't really be able to do this so well these days. No, because everything's digital. Yeah. So it's backed and up to a cloud. Well, and, it's, and it's backed up several times and on different devices. And I don't think there's right. a lot more. Just taking the computer. Right. There's a lot more traceable evidence that's not even in that device. Right. And but then back that thing's then, probably got a GPS on it. So right. you got to throw it in the lake immediately or they're going right. to find you right away. But back then. It was know, just a big was, VCR. And it was just in that one device. Yeah. It was just in the office. All the cameras record onto this super VCR. So they took right. that and then they went into a separate office that Pace knew of where there was a backup recorder and ah. they took that one too. Right. So literally leaving no trace. Mm -hmm. There's no prints. There's no video. They didn't leave any physical evidence because they didn't, they didn't know, shoot go anybody. nuts gunning people down or anything. They were very careful. Calculated. And the whole thing took... 30 minutes, less than 30 minutes from them getting in, taking out the guards, getting taking the money. over the guard station, truck in, truck out, get the vault, truck out, get the cameras, 30 minutes or less. Right. Uh, do you have the figure? How much did they get away with? I don't think I got the figure. 18.9 million 1997 dollars. Wow. Which so, is about 32 million dollars today. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs> and they did leave one thing behind. Yes. There were no prints. Nobody could describe them. The only smidgen of evidence was a broken off tail light, which had enough information on it, serial numbers and such, that the detectives were able to determine that came off of a U-Haul truck. Which is too, I mean, not that I condone their behavior, but it's too bad they that that's the so only careful. thing that, that, and this, at this point in the story, that's that, the only that's slip. That's the only slip. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, don't, I don't condone the behavior, but. Like they were, that's, that's. They got like a 99 out of right. 100 on perfection of a heist. They must have had, have had great SAT scores. I mean. These are apparently very careful thinking men. Yeah, they must be. Like they this must, was so you know, efficient, and that's I what wonder, amazes me. 
I wonder what their IQ was, and I didn't find anything about that because I was curious. I'm always curious about the perpetrator themselves. Yeah, like were these, are these guys all criminal masterminds? Is just Alan Pace the most charismatic, brilliant him? leader, or did they just kind of they had and a good idea and everything went perfectly? Maybe because I tried to look up each individual person, and mm. I found very little. Yeah, without like, just going back to this whole scenario. They're not lengthy criminal histories, no. serial killers, and. No, these are just, he got the guys together to do a job, and it worked perfectly except for the dang taillight right. off the U-Haul. So that was red, well, that kind of alerted them. Yes. And I, I, I honestly don't think they would have had any leads until probably later. Until, until later. Until later. That we'll tell you about. But I, I really don't think they would have had any leads if it hadn't been for that, except that it, they were right that... They were thinking it was an inside job. Yes, it was because obviously he knew they knew so much. Right, it was clear this wasn't just a guy who was happened to be walking by. No, and decided to hold up a liquor no. store. There was, you know, they knew to go into the other office to get the backup VCR. Right. So it was obviously somebody who knew and who worked there. Yeah, someone who had extensive but, you know, knowledge. I'm sure they had hundreds and hundreds of employees. Right. But they knew it's an inside job, mm-hmm. and the most likely person is going to be the guy that just got fired. That's the only thing on his part that I thought was a little dumb, because well, timing. But he had no other choice. I get that. I mean, he could have I mean, not done it. Well, yeah. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> That'd be the better he, could choice. Have, he could have not done this huge <laughs> It would have saved him huge some time felony. in the long run. But that's my only... The, my only criticism with his intellect yeah, you're obviously going to be the first person you're going to be at. the first person because you were just fired because that would be the first person I would look at in, in, in that situation right so they say well who had access to the facility and would have so much knowledge mm. that they were able to do this so perfectly and meticulously in 30 minutes right they didn't spend the whole night there going alright uh, did we forget anything they got right. in and got out and they figured, well, there was this guy who had full access to the place, who had the run of the joint, and we just fired him mm-hmm. for messing around. Being too funny. Yeah, he was a <laughs> bit funny. He's a bit strange. <laughs> so he, he's the top of the list, so the detectives put him on pretty aggressive surveillance. They're watching his every move for months. And he was really quiet. He was super careful. He never showed any indication that he had a sudden influx of wealth. Didn't try to do the old, you know, oh, my uh, great-great-uncle right. so-and-so no, left and, me a zillion dollars. And he, or were you going to get He's into... He's very disciplined. And were you going to get into, like, how he rationed it out and told everybody on the team? Yes. On the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the crew. Uh, the, the pace six. <laughs> They're watching him like hawks, and they figure, well, we know there was a U-Haul involved. Right. So they check all. They check like ten thousand U-Haul rental records. You know. Every <laughs> U-Haul in I Los was, Angeles. I was thinking that has to be a real drag because you oh. know I've got cases that I have to look through a million records, and I don't enjoy it. But you have to look through them because right. there might be that one golden ticket. Right. You got to be meticulous. But. You know, even if it takes forever. There's some days that you know you think, why on earth would I, you know, am I doing this? And for that in LA, that would be a huge pain. 
to go through all of that. I mean, worth it because it's such a huge federal case. But man, like Ugh. you know, the, the group of five new guys having to pour over all these papers, <laughs> yeah, all these documents, right? Ugh. Well, they checked every U-Haul fathomable for Pace's name, and. He never rented a U-Haul, so they got nothing there. He thought about that, too. And they figured, well, what about his bank records? Right. He never even had his own bank account. Which was really smart. Yeah. <laughs> if that was on purpose, that he thought for years, I'm just going to deal in cash in case I pull a big heist. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but he didn't have... He, he didn't have anything they he could trace. He wasn't traceable. That they could, you know, ah, oh, well, he just deposited, you know... $10,000 that must be related. No. No. He just, he was an all-cash man who never rented a U-Haul. <laughs> That's the perfect crime. Right. And he did keep that money, though, somewhere. Yes. Uh, he gave each of the crew members a hundred grand to start with. Right. Just, you know, for a job well done and living expenses. Here's a tip. But they all agreed, nobody's going to talk. If you get, you know, questioned you... for this, you take the fall. That was Don't, the agreement, at yeah, least. No lavish spending, no Ferraris and Rolexes that are going right. to raise eyebrows. Take the hundred grand just for day-to-day -day living. Mm -hmm. And he stashed the rest of the money, so, like, you know, $18.5 million right. in a storage unit. Oh, kind of like uh, Walter White. Yeah. Yeah, just, that's exactly what I imagined. Yeah. Just a big mountain of <laughs> just cash. Just a big mountain of money. It's just and all the bags. You know, and that's another thing that I thought about too with all this is like it's L.A. Like, what if someone? What if someone broke, broke into, into that into the storage? <laughs> I mean, but then, then it, you still got a hundred grand. That would have been better. But that would have been better because then if they started spending it and it was traceable, then yeah, they think gonna, it was that guy. It's gonna fall on the guy who just <laughs> had the luckiest. <laughs> broke into the right place yeah so yeah that would that would have taken the heat off right of but that didn't happen because and then what's he gonna say oh i broke into this storage unit right well no. it'd be a lesser charge yeah than the other yeah so pace waits six months so he knows that the heat is off they've given up looking on it looking at him before they start the process of laundering money <clears throat> uh, they use well they first they need their very own Saul Goodman. Right. But this time, it was David Matsumoto. Mr. Matsumoto. And he had his own demons. Yeah, he was an immigration attorney. Yes. So not even, like, really a financial guy necessarily. Do you want me to go into about him a little bit now or later? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Matsumoto the madman in a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> but they, they've got their attorney who helps them set up a legitimate company. What was it called? Something Entertainment? Uh, it was called Extreme Entertainment, I believe. Right, and it was like... They rent jet skis and limousines. And right. So they're purchasing party. vehicles. Yeah, like yeah. party it's, rental It's a stuff. party rental thing. Like high-end party rental. Right. Which was a good idea, because that accounts yeah, that for a lot of money. Yeah, generate good cash. Yeah, so they've, they're purchasing real estate and, you know luxury vehicles and right. boats and such for the for the, the company part, the company and paying themselves a hefty salary yeah, and taking home excellent paychecks as the guys running this company they were legitimate paychecks though right with that tax filings and everything right right so, so now they're showing 
genuine income right. from this upstart company mm-hmm. and laundering money through it. And I guess if somebody rents a limo, then all the better. Right. But all that stuff can just sit in a lot and they'll just keep funneling mm-hmm. the money through and, and making me, up bogus transactions. makes me wonder, too, did, did they actually have business? <laughs> I know, that's the thing. Like, like, were they just driving the limousines? I know, to, were they just driving party, around and they're just the out on the boat or whatever, you know? <laughs> Take I, the jet skis out. I'm wondering, like, how much business did they actually have? So if they were looked into, not saying they would have been, there was no reason to look at it. Well, if but if they, they were, like, was there a client list? Was there Were there invoices? Did they no, make we, up invoices? We, we only do cash transactions. So when that guy rented 60 jet skis right. on a Saturday afternoon that accounted for 40 grand, right. eh, we didn't even take his name. He just gave us money. Uh, and then we paid ourselves and paid taxes on it. But it seemed so to work. It worked. Um, so the, the, uh, our boys, they actually dodged a pretty major bullet. Mm-hmm. Because one of the bags they had taken, they realized, uh-oh, that's some of the ATM money. So right. these are brand new bills, and they're all sequential. So And that would be easily traceable yeah. if they tried to use them in any way. Yeah, I like this part of the story. I think it's my favorite Isn't part. Isn't this fun? <laughs> I think it's, it's my favorite so part. It's so stupid, it's fun. Yeah, but it... But it yeah, it's just it's so movie like it, it is. This that is I'm just I just I'm fascinated by this silly little thing. This is like a deleted chapter from one of the Ocean's movies. Yeah. <laughs> they realized, all right, well we can't use these bills. We got to destroy them. They've got plenty of other money that they'll be able to do something with right. and launder. And it's good they weren't greedy. I mean, right. they were greedy, but they that's, weren't to that point. Like, eh. The whole thing. Nobody said, oh, I'll just hold on right. to it. They were like, no, we got to get rid of this. Yeah, they didn't hurt anyone. They didn't get overzealous. They didn't get greedy. They were careful. For some reason, these guys were just the best. <laughs> but they decided, we got to get rid of these particular bills, so we're going to burn them. So right. they go to one of their houses, throw all the money in the fireplace, light it, and realize, well, it's going to take a while to burn all this. And apparently U.S. currency is at least somewhat fireproof. Yes. So it's taking forever just to burn small amounts. Mm-hmm. So they decide, why don't we dispose of this in the most fun way possible? So Which this to... seems risky, too. but It does to me, too. Like, but hey, we it. like Vegas. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so our fellas Vegas decide people. it's time for a Vegas weekend with the boys. They head out to uh, Sin City and try to gamble away the money, but that creates yet another problem. Because? When you put a brand new bill in a slot machine... Which seems really weird. I know. That they want the the old dirty money. Well, it's weird because like we try to get water with crisp bills, and it does, and you know we have to use those. Yeah, when you buy a soda, you can't use you like put... something crinkled in your pocket. Yeah, it won't. It'll spit it back out. Yeah. But I guess these bills are so unbelievably crisp. Maybe the machine didn't think they were real. Maybe. But they kept getting jammed in the machine. These fresh bills, so they couldn't even gamble it all away. They so, couldn't burn it. My favorite part. They. Literally launder the money. <laughs> they throw it in the washing machine. They throw it all. <laughs> okay, so we know from at the start of the last episode, <clears throat> I talked about in New York where the Brinks driver got distracted. Right. And a guy grabbed a bag with 300 grand in it. Right. So you got to figure, this is tens of thousands of dollars. the washing machine. They probably had three loads. Yeah, this is anywhere from tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars right. that they're putting through the wash 
to rough up the bills a little bit <laughs> so they can use them in slot machines. <laughs> but it worked. They were able to dispose of all that sequential stuff and uh, probably have the time of their lives. I was going to say, how fun would that be? Yeah. Here, make this 300 grand disappear. You know, I don't, I don't like no to problem. gamble because it's my money I earned. But yeah. hey, but if that you money. Give me 300 grand, <laughs> if you just give it to me to just play with. And I blow it and walk away with five grand that I can keep. Sweet. Hey. So the traceable bills are gone, and there's no other evidence that could link them to the heist, and they're showing at least legitimate looking earnings. Right. The pay six is free to retire wealthy and live off the fruits of their labor. The end. No. No. If they were never caught, how do we know their names? How do we know the story? That's that's the trick. In 1999, the jig was up Mm. because, I don't know, I don't want to disparage this particular thief, but Eugene Hill, our U-Haul rental, he, he made a big boo-boo. Oh, God. It's so... <laughs> so the taillight was the only lead the cops ever had. Right. And it led nowhere. They didn't have yeah. anything. Well, yeah, they wouldn't. Because but you know, Pace's name wasn't on anything. But the one guy... The same whose guy. Whose name was on anything decided he's going to make an additional real estate purchase makes to me continue wonder if their was, laundering. Makes me wonder if he's the driver. Did he end up... <laughs> Did he end up leaving that tail tail I behind? No, if he backed it, if he said, "Hey, man, the it, look, the U-Haul's in my was name." Was he dopey? If I mean, if anything happens to it, yeah, I don't know if this guy's an idiot or if he's just the unlucky one. I don't know. But he blew it. He tried to make an additional real estate purchase. Oh man! Using a hundred thousand in cash, which is a good way to make a, a big piece of the money disappear well, yeah. in one shot. The problem is this gigantic stack of money. So we're talking it's. One stack, $100,000. So that's $1,000 bills right. in one stack. It's but huge. he didn't put a rubber band on it. No, it already had its own. I know. Mm. That's the problem. <laughs> it was still wrapped in the original Dunbar armored cash strap. Uh-huh. Like, come on, man. Dude, yeah. Put them through the wash. Rough up the bills a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I would have, like, roughed them up and... I would have put it all in a suitcase and told the realtor you can keep the suitcase. <laughs> no, that's too mobbish. I know, that's the... Well, I guess I got so. $18.9 million. That's <laughs> I can true. Have, I can give away a suitcase. Mm-hmm. And how fun is it to open up a suitcase and go, what about all this? <laughs> it's a hundred grand. Yeah, I guess so. I get the movie appeal. Make it fun. Oh, You're buying a house. Make, you might as well you do some flair. So the realtor thought, you know, that's a bit sketchy that this dude just handed me a hundred grand in cash. With the strap from the bank. Yeah. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would have armored car money. So he takes it to law enforcement to make sure this is kosher cash. Mm -hmm. And Eugene Hill is immediately suspect numero one in the heist. So they go back through the U-Haul records and see, oh. Eugene Hill rented a U-Haul on the afternoon of September 11th, 97. How, what a dink. Yeah. And Hill was arrested the very next day. Mm-hmm. And he sang like a wealthy canary. Yep. He implicated all the remaining crew members and Matsumoto. Right. That was all it took. So not only 
he's his name is the only one on anything related. Right. You and know, he makes the big mistake with the cash. I mean, okay. And they had the agreement nobody's gonna talk. If you get arrested, you take the fall. Let's let's play devil's advocate right here for away. a second. <laughs> so back th- in ninety seven. Yes. I assume the U Haul company would have asked for an ID. Right. So I suppose that's why he gave his real name. But if they're so mastermind, why did he not have a fake one? Well, if they had more time, maybe. Because they had had to pull the trigger. Kind of like, well, you know, gave gave his real name. Did he give his real address? And he broke a tail light off. What do you? Now you got to make up a. I backed into a pole. Well, yeah, because you rented that, so. So, well, like, where's we that? Keep your deposit. That two hundred dollar tail light. Okay, keep my deposit. I just made eighteen million dollars. But I don't know. Like, I mean, that's that's a little thing. But I I, and I, it's probably a time constraint thing. And I'm that just is thinking. What was their undoing? Right. If they had gotten it with a bogus driver's license, then he never would have been then picked this up. Never would have, yeah, that he could make as many irresponsible cash purchases as he wanted. Right. <laughs> so. He gave them all up, went back on his word, said, all right, it wasn't just me. It was the other guys. Please be lenient with me. I don't want to go to prison. So can you tell us uh, about what happened to our boys? Let's see. I've got my list here of... uh... Consequences. (laughs) Right. Where's my consequence list? Okay. So Pace... The third... Right. Was deemed the mastermind, which he was. Oh, yeah. And he got 24 years. Woof. Boyd got 17. Now, um, Boyd was the one, he had the prior record, right? Um, pretty sure it was I'm him. pretty sure it was Boyd. He, Hold on. He, yes. He, he received a firearms he got a Yeah, he got a gun charge, and he was the only one because he had a prior criminal record. Yeah, they were all armed by all accounts, but... Since he had a record of using firearms in the past, right, he caught a some kind of habitual offender thing. And the rest, I believe, got eight to ten. Yes, including uh, Matsumoto Esquire. Well, he got yeah he well he got twenty seven months. Oh, is that all? Yeah, but I believe he had other for this. Oh, okay. He had a background. Um, he worked in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, and would. Had his own other side business and was involved in other money laundering. And for this, of course, he was forced to resign as a lawyer, obviously. And he got six counts of money laundering for this. But he had, I believe he had other charges. He had plenty of other ventures. And then he had... um, He really is a Saul Goodman type. Yeah, and he had a drunk driving charge, too. But... I saw in total, once everything caught up with him, because I'm sure now that they've uncovered his right. money laundering his other here, past. they find everything else that he's connected to. He ended up with 71 financial crimes. Yes, yeah. That Six was the total. and a whole lot of others. Yeah. So he was a busy guy. Yeah. And uh, do we want to say where Pace, what happened to him? Yes, please. To close so, us out, tell us about Alan Pace the third. Well, Alan Pace III was released on October 1st of 2020, and his current whereabouts are unknown. But he is a free man, and I there still is money missing that they could not and track down. They were able to recover some, right? but there's still approximately 
15 million of that 18.9 right unaccounted for so it'll be interesting if he ever goes to it he was or part of his punishment he was ordered to pay back the millions yeah but it's going to be quite problematic if tomorrow he goes to the courthouse and says all right i've got the remaining 15 million to pay back so right go, oh so you did still have it yeah but yeah i don't know it's unaccounted for it and the other guys have all served their sentences and been released. Yeah, and I couldn't find anything on anybody except just his release date and that nobody knows where he is. I assume, since they didn't have criminal pasts before any of this, except for the one dude. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like any of them are career criminals. No. Hopefully, after they served their time, they just They lived quiet out. lives. They lived quiet, honest lives, and they're not all still... Uh, basking in that remaining 15 million yeah. pretending they don't know where it is. True. But that's the thing for Pace is no matter what he does for the rest of his life he's, he's got gonna this be that huge guy. debt to pay back. That. And he's labeled he's a felon. He's a you know former inmate. Mm-hmm. Ex-con. And pulled off the largest heist in cash heist yes. in U.S. history. Yeah. I believe there's been greater sums in, in like jewelry. jewelry. But as far as cash green dollars this was the biggest takeaway there's ever been in the u.s mm-hmm. and again it's just some guys who had a pretty solid Good idea. idea but nowadays i don't think any of that would have i think i don't think, it, think so. they, i don't think any of it would have worked Mm-mm. they wouldn't have been able to deal with the cameras let was, alone everything else it was the times that helped helped them quite a bit and you know something Hmm. No more panning left to right cameras. Just get two different cameras to watch each angle. Well, I think they do now. Yeah. I don't think there's any panning cameras know, anymore. The, it seems like those are a thing of the past. Yeah. Like, just get more cameras. Right. So that you can watch all the spots at once. Right. Because these six guys were able to just walk past your cameras. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? Right. And maybe stagger the lunches a little bit. I thought about that. I was like, why is everybody Everyone, in the break room? <laughs> yeah, like everybody's going to the cafeteria. Is it family-style lunch? I don't understand. Yeah. It's half past midnight. Nothing's going on. Let's all share a meal and be wrapped in duct tape, duct right. tape and held at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. So that's the story of the Dunbar Armored Heist and the mystery of the missing $15 million. <laughs> right. It is. Well, until next time, do not plan your own heist. No, not advised. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe. And so long.